Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Here with you on Monday night, September 19th, as we head into Tuesday, September 20th. Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you and the non-conference schedule is officially over. Uh, it was a bit of a breeze, no question about it, but uh, the first test is going to be coming up here this week as the Wolverines host Maryland. A reminder, we are live on the Maze Brew YouTube page, uh, as we will be every Monday night throughout the season. We invite you to come hang out uh, if you're listening on the podcast right now. About 8 o'clock uh, every Monday night is when we're going to be going live. We, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the week's game and, you know, looking ahead. Today we're going to be previewing Maryland a little bit here. Uh, so we invite you to come hang out on the Maze Brew YouTube page. Make sure to uh, subscribe, hit that like button a little bit as well. Scotty, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Doing pretty well. I'm um, pretty excited for the Big Ten schedule getting started this week. Um, like you said, it definitely was a breeze in the non-conference, but it's always fun to watch your team beat up on some lesser opponents and get tuned up for Big Ten schedule. And Michigan's 3-0, and so can't complain one bit about that schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just getting a few days away from the Maryland game. Um, and, and I will say, it's nice to watch those easy wins, but I definitely am excited to see Michigan up against some some better competition. Yeah, it's it's going to be the first test, uh, no question about it. I think we circled it in the preseason a little bit as well. But I I got to admit, man, I I don't mind it. Like we don't really know much uh, about the Wolverines right now. Obviously, even Blake Corum uh, said as yeah. much. Uh, they haven't really been tested, but 
I I mean, it's better than having to sweat, man. I, you know, it was nice stress-free three Saturdays. Just got to kind of pick and choose what we thought was our, our favorite things. And, you know, got to see a couple of quarterbacks battle it out, you know, and, uh, I'll tell you what it beats going and and getting beat and having a loss right now. You know what I'm saying? It was a stress-free three Saturdays. I don't mind it at all. That's going to change over the next couple, I think, but, I hey do do that every year in the non-conference. I'll, I'm perfectly fine with it, dude. I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I don't care if Michigan State fans are gonna say call out Michigan's schedule. They're two and one right now, and they didn't even play a very good team. Um, so hate to call out little bro like that, but um, that's just how it goes. And Michigan's three and zero right now. The margin of error becomes so slim. If you lose mm-hmm. a game in the non-conference schedule, you have to run the table in Big Ten play. We haven't seen a two-loss two team make the playoff yet. Um, so, I mean, we know what the committee likes and what they value. And, yeah, it's a weak schedule, but Michigan's 3-0, and and a one-loss team could get in, but it's, it doesn't really look like a two-loss team gets in. So I'm not complaining at all. I will never complain about being 3-0. and I will say on the flip side of that, though, right, is – the the non-con that Michigan played it it gets you ready for Big Ten play in in the sense that you got to figure some things out you got to play a lot of guys but uh, now the margin for error is really slim for Michigan like I I don't think with this non-conference I don't think maybe if if they're able to beat Penn State uh, that's a good enough win at the end of the year but if, if Michigan doesn't win the Big Ten given this non-conference schedule, there's nothing to really hang your hat on. So I, I don't, I'm not sure Michigan makes it anyway, if they don't beat Ohio state and go in the big 10 championship, but uh, that that's something for way on down the line. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I mean, going into Columbus is, is not going to be easy at all at the end of the season. Um, and that, that I was going to say that Penn state game was so big because that's a big game at home and that's going to be a big, um, a big strength of schedule builder. Um, Penn State's all the way up to 14 now, and they play Central Michigan and Northwestern at home in the next couple weeks. Um, so we could be looking at a couple undefeated teams. Obviously, Michigan goes at Iowa. Maryland's not going to be a cupcake either, so I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but could be seeing a top 10 undefeated team in the big house. Um, but I will say, I mean, I was rooting for Michigan State to win against Washington because I want them to be as highly ranked and, and as good as possible um, when they come to Ann Arbor as well because, like you said, I mean, there's really not a lot of strong teams on Michigan's schedule and, and they've got to do something to build that resume up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the, the proof's in the pudding. Go in the Big Ten. You got to go take care of business right now. Uh, you know, looking back on this past week, obviously, wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't too much to look at. They, they went out and did kind of what I expected, maybe a little bit better defensively. Uh, really th- than what I expected or that we've really, you know, kind of seen. I mean, we've seen some great defensive performances, but that was absolutely suffocating what they were able to do uh, to UConn, something yeah. to the tune of 2.2 yards per play or something like that. Yeah. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, another game where he got to go and go out there, run the show for an entire half and then some in the third quarter. Got to imagine he's getting a little bit more comfortable out there reading, you know, defenses a, a little more. Um, you know, some things were teaching moments, obviously, uh, you know, on a read option, kept it on a third down when he absolutely, absolutely should have gave it to Blake Corum. But things like that, man, he, he's going to continue to grow. And, yeah. and I don't know about you, but that, it just feels to me, you know, when J.J. is out there and he starts to drive, it really feels like 
every time he's out there, I'm more confident that that Michigan is going to score on that drive. There's just something about him running the show and, and the dynamic that he brings to that offense that I'm just way more comfortable in this offense and their ability to put up points against pretty much anyone. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel the exact same way. Um, and yeah, that 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 one third down sack. I mean, it like I mean, I think I saw your tweet. I think it was you tweeted it earlier today. I think he had his mind made up of what he was doing before yeah. that play started. Um, but yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this before. You want these mistakes to happen against UConn, you know, and not against right. Ohio State and not against Michigan State. Um, so it's good to get those kinks out. Um, but I'm totally with you, dude. Every possession, I mean, like I get especially when we're playing like UConn like and when I have Michigan's first half spread like I'm getting upset when they're not scoring a touchdown every drive because with JJ on the field I mean that's just the expectation Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny I like was looking at his stats and I was like oh man like it doesn't feel like JJ is like playing as perfect of a game and then you see he has three incompletions like over 200 (laughs) yards a half like I just I feel like I'm I really hope that this game is just a little bit close so he stays in the whole game because I really think that – I mean, dude, he's putting up 215, 240 yards in one half. Obviously, it's not against a good team. Um, but, I mean, I just want to see him play a full game and see the kind of numbers that he can put up because it's going to get exciting. Yeah, he made so, some great plays yeah. uh, out there. You know, the the one throw, I think, on the run that he kind of came back across the, the field yeah. really showed his arm talent there. Uh, for, and that's a big play. That's That's the difference, you know, in the offense. Uh, with him another thing that I really like to see and we're starting to see it now uh, when you go take a look at it is that it really feels like Ronnie Bell is getting more comfortable now playing three games coming off that injury and that's why this non-conference schedule was so nice as well like you're trying to bring this guy back in and build up his confidence seven receptions for 96 yards on Saturday and we know what Ronnie Bell can do and if he's out there and and Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson throw in a, a couple of other guys. The tight ends are, are playing great as well. But if those guys start rolling, the, the sky really is the limit for this offense. If Ronnie is starting to play a little more loose and a little more confident in his abilities, that is a, a scary, scary thing, man, because that guy is so good. Yeah, and yeah, Ronnie does seem to be – he seems and – I, and I thought this would be the case going into the season. He seems to be the guy now. Um, he's Michigan's current receiving leader. Um, the offense is, is clicking on all cylinders. Everything right. is looking good. Um, it was definitely a bummer to see Cade go down with an injury. Um, obviously, you never want to see that. And and to have a backup with that kind of caliber is so big, too. Um, so that was upsetting. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any question marks on offense. The defense has looked great. Um Obviously, it's it's going to be really interesting this week to see how the defense does against this Maryland offense that really has the ability to put up points. They've got playmakers on offense, a good quarterback, good receivers. Um, so I think that the offense is, is going to be just fine, but I'm not quite – I think that I've been pleasantly surprised by the defense, but seeing them go up against an offense that really does have some talent is, is going to be good. I'm really excited to see how they do against that. Yeah, there, I think there might be uh, – I, I don't want to say, you know, super concerns or anything like that. Uh, pass protection at times 
um, particularly at the right tackle position. I know Trente has given up a couple. I think he's, you know, going to grow in that position. But little things like that that have crept up against UConn in, in Hawaii, in Colorado State, that's one thing to maybe keep an eye on. Uh, is Barnhart going to be healthy? You know, and that's the thing too, right? A couple of guys are banged up. I think Donovan Edwards, he kind of just sat out as a precaution. I would imagine yeah. they knew they weren't going to need him. I was a little surprised we didn't see more C.J. Stokes. Uh, in that game, particularly that first half, you know, when when Corum came out, they even gave a, a touch to Henning out of the gun as a running back, um, you know, because I think Stokes could be a, a potential X factor in this offense as well, because he gives you a whole new dynamic and depth at the position where you can split out Donovan Edwards if you need to, if he's, you know, and, and on a linebacker or something like that. But you also have CJ Stokes that could potentially because we know what Donovan Edwards is as a receiver, then you could have you know, CJ Stokes in with them as well. It's like you got a, a receiver slash running back out there and then you got a, the speedster and Stokes. So I was surprised they didn't use him as much, but you, you never know if he was dealing with anything as well. Um, I, I'm just happy that relatively they came out of these three games pretty healthy. Oh, 100%. That was the biggest thing for me. I talked about the, the first week um, coming out injury-free. Um, but yeah, I kind of see Stokes being kind of a similar, similar trajectory that Donovan Edwards have, had last year. You know, last year we had Haskins and Corum and then Edwards behind him, who's so talented, but just got two really good backs behind him, um, but really grows throughout the year, gets really good, gets more touches. Um, and Stokes just, he's been really impressive um, the first few weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if if we see kind of a similar role that Edwards had last year with him. Um, but then another thing that was particularly really good this weekend was the special teams um oh, at a block jay harbaugh jay harbaugh is the most Dude, underrated coach in the oh country my god he's he is so good um i mean the punt return from henning was incredible uh block another block punt. yeah kolasar I, I love kolasar that was awesome to see um i mean i really wish moody hit that 62 yard i would have gone nuts um but i mean obviously yeah, he's not he, quite justin he's tucker <laughs> not quite that far but the special teams looks great too um which i mean dude special teams you don't pay a lot Huge of attention thing. to it but it can yeah it, it wins and loses you i mean look the florida state lsu game that that stuff wins and loses games so i mean yep. just all three phases of the game just seem to be clicking so well um and i just can't wait to see it all against a real team now, if there is one area, like if you were to just nitpick, right? Because obviously what Michigan has done to these first three opponents is, is damn near criminal. But if you were to, to nitpick a little bit, right? I'm looking at these last two games and the, the pass rush is produced one sack against Hawaii and UConn combined after seven against Colorado State. Now, Hawaii, there it was a bit of a schematic thing, right? Like, they were really getting the ball out quick. Went back and watched the UConn game here today. Not as much of that, and Michigan still wasn't really generating a, a ton of pressures. There were a couple. Is, when they bring, like, Mike Mikey Sanders still off the, off the corner blitz, that's when they've been getting it. But as just yeah. edge rushers, not as much as, as you might think. And they were able to, you know, kind of push upfield and, and create some lanes for the UConn quarterback to kind of scramble a little bit. So definitely, and no one expected, look, right? Like no one came into this year thinking that they were going to have the same, you know, pass rush success that they had a year ago, losing David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson. But that Colorado State game kind of gave you some thoughts like, man, 
maybe they are going to be just as good. So I I don't think that they are. I think they're I, I think they might be overall a better defense here this year. It's just uh you know particularly in the secondary, I think we're getting a lot better linebacker play than we did at times a year ago. But as a, as a straight pass rush unit, I I think that is going to be one area that we're going to have to keep an eye on, especially when you start thinking about some of these teams that can really you know throw the football. Because you, you go back to the Ohio State game and the game plan that was to keep kind of everything in front with, with kind of a couple safeties and whatnot. That worked because the threat of the pass rush was there, and they were able to get to C.J. Stroud a few times. If uh, you just allow guys to to stand back in the pocket or move around and find guys downfield, uh, that game plan doesn't work as much anymore. So I know they got a bunch of guys that are rotating in and whatnot, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but uh, I, I was a little surprised to see that against UConn on Saturday. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I'm glad you mentioned Samer still because um, he's looked really good on the defensive side. Oh, man, he, um, he's been he's been yeah. pretty much a godsend. Yeah, that's been incredible. Um, I mean, there was one play where he just burst off the edge, got really good pressure, wasn't a sack, but forced a, an errant pass. Um, but yeah, I mean, after the Colorado State game, like you said, I was thinking, wow, Michigan's pass rush might, might be better than it was a year ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, going into the season, that was – obviously the biggest question mark surrounding the team after losing two guys like Ojabo and Hutchinson. Um, and it's just going to be one of those things to, to really keep an eye on week after week. Um, Cause like you said, I mean, it's so hard to replace two guys like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be something week after week that I think each, each guy, uh, each edge rusher is going to keep working on. Um, I mean, they showed the ability. I mean, seven sacks against Colorado state. We know it's there. Um, right. But, you know, one of the things that I remember we talked about so much during basketball season is consistency. Um, and that is going to be really important in terms of, of the edge rush because seven sacks, one game is great, but then one combined in two games, not so much. Um, so just got to got to find a got to find a uh, consistency there. So just wrap it up, kind of the non-con and, and really how dominant Michigan was. And I understand Strength of schedule is not there, but to borrow a line from uh, ESPN's Bill Connolly, it's not who you play, it's how you play, right? Yep. And Michigan dominated those three games. They currently rank seventh in the country in yards per play at a 7.8 yards per play clip. And they also rank third in defensive yards per play, allowing just 3.2 yards per play. Total domination over yeah. the first three games. And while we'll have to see them go up against someone, you can learn something from how dominant Michigan was in these games. And we talked about it in the preseason. The, the writing was on the wall the way they played against Western Michigan in week one and Washington in week two and Northern Illinois in week three. When you dominate the opponents that you should, that really is a pretty good sign of things to come. Now, yeah. can they put it together? Are they, you know, ready to go a full four quarters? That's that's the other issue here, right? Is that we start taking a look ahead to Maryland. They come in undefeated. That offense looks pretty good. And you're probably the starters are going to have to play four quarters. Yeah, they're going to be rested, you know, obviously. But are, are you physically ready in a game to go four quarters? And that's going to be the thing that we're going to have to see coming out on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it so much. We wanted to see Michigan come out and not struggle at all, because like you said, these games still do tell you a lot. I mean, I've we've watched I've watched games this year where good teams are struggling against really bad teams. And, and it could be a telling of what's to come 
um, dude, Arkansas was really struggling this weekend with Missouri State. Um, right. We didn't see anything like that with Michigan. It, no game was was ever close. Um, I, I personally saw exactly what I was looking to see. Um, so, I mean, the non-conference went exactly how we hoped. I think it says a lot about Michigan. Um, obviously, it's they're not good teams. Um, we, we really won't know until – honestly, I don't think that Maryland is, is – the top top tiers of the Big Ten, you know, they're a lot better than what Michigan's seen in the non-conference. But I don't think we're really going to know everything about Michigan until we see them go up against Iowa and, and Penn State and Michigan State, see how they handle the rivalry games. Um, but we saw everything that we were looking for. Um, not getting injuries was huge. Obviously, hate to see Cade go down, but it doesn't seem like it's to me anything that's season-ending. Um, right. And obviously, um, JJ is still healthy, and, and that's QB1 for now. Um, so yeah, I mean, very pleased with the non-conference schedule, um, and, and really excited for these, for this next stretch here. Uh, it's going to be some, some really good tests coming up and also so, seeing that Iowa is a noon game was also very, very yeah, pleasant. Definitely don't want to go there at night. To connect, so that <laughs> yeah. was, that was a good thing. Uh, so let's take a, a look ahead to this Maryland game here. Um, you know, I mentioned Michigan ranks seventh in the country in yards per play. This Maryland offense, they can sling it, man. They rank third in the country through their first three games in yards per play. 8.2 yards per play. They've gained over 1,500 yards in their first three games. A 31-10 win over Buffalo, a 56-21 win over Charlotte, and a 34-27 victory over SMU. It's actually a game they were trailing at halftime, 20-17. to uh, So the offense is there defensively. Little something to be desired. They gave a 520 yards to SMU uh, a week ago, but man, Talia is playing great. Man, he's 68 of 88 on the year. He's completing 77 percent of his passes, almost 900 yards already. 10.2 yards per attempt, six touchdowns to two interceptions. He's got actual weapons in, in this Maryland offense. Rakeem Jarrett, Deshaun Jones, Jacob Copeland. Uh, those three guys have been unbelievable. Jarrett's got 11 catches for 196 yards. Deshaun Jones, 11 catches, 145. Jacob Copeland, he'll take the top off the defense, 21 and a half yards per catch and a couple of touchdowns to, to go on for him. So this is going to be the first time that Michigan's defense, particularly the secondary, is going to be tested. And we do know, we talked about the pass rush a little bit. Talia, he can move. Go back and watch that game uh, the week prior to Ohio State last year. He was able to make some plays with his legs, extend plays, and find guys. Uh, he actually missed a couple of easy touchdown passes down in, in the end zone. Obviously, it wouldn't have mattered because Michigan dominated that game. But, I mean, this this offense is going to test this defense. There's no question about it. Yeah. Um, and, and it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about before the Colorado State game, and we thought that that air raid offense from Colorado State was going to maybe catch Michigan's defense off guard a little bit, maybe give them a little bit of problems. Um, that didn't pan well, out. Big, but... The big thing there was the seven sacks in that game. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that wasn't really what happened. Um, but now that's kind of what I'm thinking could happen in this game. You know, Michigan hasn't seen an offense like this. They really haven't seen a team that compares to this yet. Obviously, Maryland's not the best of the best, but they haven't seen anybody like this. Um, and it could take a quarter or two to get used to. Um, when you're used to seeing Hawaii and UConn and Colorado State's offense, who are three of the worst teams in FBS football, it, yeah. it, could, take a, it could take a little bit to get used to, to an offense like this. Um, and, and this is the this is the test that the defense needs. Um, yep. I think it's a really good opponent for Michigan to start non-conference play with. It's at home. So that's good. 
And it's a team where, like you said, the defense really shouldn't give Michigan's offense a lot of problems. Um, I think that J.J. leading this offense, they're not going to have problems scoring at all. Um, I like Michigan to get into the 40s or 50s into this game. Um, but it's still, you know, a good team with a talented offense. And most of the question marks on this Michigan football team are on the defense. And they're going to be tested. So I really like this matchup for the first Big Ten game for Michigan. Yeah, you you take a look at, you know, who they played. And in yards per play, every team they played offensively ranks outside of the top 30 in yards per play. And yet Maryland uh, sitting in the 30s at, you know, giving up about 4.7 yards per play, number 36 in the country. So uh, that that defense, that's that's the issue for Maryland, right? And we've talked about September Maryland. I don't like playing September Maryland because it's that's that's a pretty good football team generally. Uh, but I but I think uh, Michigan's just got a, a little too much for them on that side of the football. Uh, though it it I think it's going to be a tight first half, and I think some people are going to be surprised. And, and I think there's a there's a good chance people are like on Twitter like, oh, what's up with this defense? And you know what I'm saying? Just just be ready. They got playmakers. They got a pretty good quarterback. And, and if the offensive line holds up, Maryland's going to be able to move the ball between the twenties. Where it's going to come down to is can Michigan bend and not break it and prevent touchdowns and force Maryland into kicking field goals. Yeah, I mean, dude, if Maryland puts up more than points in the first half, I'm not even going to check Twitter because I know how this fan base can be sometimes. Um, I don't want to see the overreaction this early because it certainly could happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. I'm I'm just I'm just excited for this one. Um, yeah, Talia is a really good quarterback, and the secondary. Obviously, the pass rush, like I said earlier, was the biggest question mark that I think the team had. But obviously, Michigan's secondary is always up there because they play Ohio State every year, and Ohio State always yeah. has a really good passing a passing attack. Um, so for that's me, that's honestly what this game is going to kind of be, right? Like I yeah. know it's September, but this is this is like uh, Ohio State, uh, and I don't want to completely just you know dump on Maryland here, but they're not the Ohio State offense, but they're like they're like Ohio State JV offense exactly. you know it, yeah. it's gonna be it, it's That's gonna how. be a good test and I, I actually think it helped Michigan last year playing Maryland prior to the Ohio State game rather than Indiana which it seems like it always is and it's just two completely different defensive schemes that you have to come up with exactly. um you know and I do think that helped them so this is this is going to be a good test you, you learn what works you learn what doesn't you learn who's going to be playing where and able to play in a game like that come you know late November and uh I, I think like you said, it's going to be a good test because uh, DJ Turner's been playing outstanding. You know, Jamon Green, even Will Johnson getting in there. Mikey Sanders still playing out of the slot. He's been phenomenal as well. They've got the guys to go out there and, you know, really – I don't. I, I won't say shut down this Maryland offense because I, I do have a lot of respect for the playmakers that they have. But, I mean, to, to force them, you know, into, into enough punts and enough field goals to, to where Michigan can win this game by a few scores. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like, like I said, they, they've got the, the air raid type of offense and that's the type of team that has stumped Michigan in the past. And, and seeing them up against a team like that is, is what we really need. Um, and what we need to see to know if they're going to be able to, like you said, Ohio state JV, if they can't keep up with Ohio state JV, they can't keep up with Ohio state. Um, but yeah, I mean, red zone defense is huge. I mean, we saw that in some games for Michigan last year, and that's kind of the reason they lost the Michigan state game. They had, they had trouble scoring in the red zone. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of a bend, don't break kind of thing that I, that I think we're going to see in the first half here. Um, the first, uh, Maryland, 
in the first half, I expect that they're going to move the ball well. Um, but yeah, like you said, red zone stops are huge. Ben don't break, hold them to field goals. And I think Michigan can pull away with it one with that one easy in the first half. Love this idea. Run the two quarterbacks set <laughs> from Brian. Orgy needs to take handoffs from JJ, Bo Scarborough 2.0. Let's go throw a little wrinkle in there. Burn, burn the orgy red shirt. Dude, know, he's, a, he's a beast. He's huge. Dude, he's tough to tackle that touchdown yeah. run that he had last week. Yep. And trying to arm tackle that guy? Are you kidding me? Not gonna work. Good luck, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, they they got enough. Uh, I think they got enough weapons at running back uh, for the year. But that is uh, there's a little wrinkle that you might be able to throw in later down the line for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a there's another one. You know, is Michigan going to be able to establish you know the the run game here against Maryland? Cause if they if they do, it it's over. The Terrapins have no shot. Um. Uh, there and and at times you see it, you see the domination, and then at times you, you're you're left a, a little bit to be desired with you know a lot of what a lot of people think could be what the first ever back-to-back Joe Moore Award winner that hasn't been done in you know decades or whatever right. it is. I don't know exactly uh, the status of that, but you know these guys uh, they haven't really been tested up front, so you you don't really know. They have created some great holes. Um, you know, and I don't know if this is the week that that we really see uh, them be tested, but I would like I, I wouldn't mind seeing them lean on Maryland a little bit here this week as well. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see the the route that Michigan offense takes this week. Um, honestly, it, it it kind of in a sense feels like this is the first game of Michigan season um, when you have a non-conference schedule like that. Um, so, you know. It's just so different playing teams like that to going into a Big Ten conference. Um, you just never know if they're going to be more run heavy, more pass heavy. Um, so I'm definitely really interested to see what kind of play calling they go with. Um, but how about Corum, man, last week? Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Has uh, that ever been done in the big house? Yeah. When is that when has that happened before? <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my buddies is a big Ohio State fan. I texted him, I was like, You see Corum? Five touchdowns today? I don't I don't remember when the last time that happened. So I'm just <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, he's already up to seven touchdowns on the season. Um, and I don't think that Maryland's defense is really going to be able to stop anything that Michigan has to handle. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think Michigan can go wrong with either route the pass or the run this week. The, the one question I have though, cause you, you kind of brought up the Kate injury, right? Yeah. Are we, are we going to see a conservative approach as it comes to JJ and and him yeah. tucking the football and running it. Are they going to treat it kind of like we felt like they were treating Shea Patterson for a while back in eighteen and nineteen, where they were just, especially the first year under Josh Gaddis in nineteen, that he was pretty much it was all called runs and, and gives and not, um, you know, uh, his, his have an ability to kind of tuck and run. So that's uh that that's going to be interesting with Cade now. Um, being being out is that are they going to be conservative with JJ and try and protect him a little more? Yeah, and I honestly think they will because if if Cade's injured and and now if something were to happen to JJ, I mean, where do you go? I mean, we don't even know who Michigan's backup quarterback is right now. Um, is it is it Davis Warren? I mean, he's looked really good. He looked really good in the spring game. Yeah, I believe um, I believe it is Davis Warren. Yeah, did, did, is that what Harbaugh? I saw something about. Yeah, I, I think so. In the press conference, but. Uh, which is awesome. I mean, that's a great story right there. Um, but I mean, obviously that would be, we don't want to see Davis Warren being QB one. Um, that means you have Kate and JJ injured and obviously that would be right. disastrous. 
Um, so yeah, I, I honestly do think that that's going to be the approach, but I don't think it's going to be quite as aggressive as they did with Shea because McCarthy is just so speedy, so athletic and so good with his yeah. legs. It adds so much. You don't to want it. to hamstring yourself at the yeah. end of the day, you know? I think, I think it's going to be more of a, you know, still letting him get those plays, but just really getting it drilled into his mind that he needs to sometimes slide or run out of bounds and not keep yeah. going for these extra yards and taking these big hits. So we'll see what happens at noon at the big house on Saturday, kicking off the title defense at the big house. That's right. Scotty, where can we find you on social media, bud? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty white underscore. got all of our podcasts and all of our football coast posts coming out there. So give me a follow there on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gary, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on the pod, join us Monday nights on the Maze of Brew YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe. You know, maybe hit the bell so you know when we're going live and you can come in, hang out in the chat. Appreciate you guys that have done that here tonight and that have joined us on the stream. So make sure to, to maybe do that if you're listening on the pod. And, uh, Yeah, we're going to be back with another great one talking about the game against Maryland next week. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.